Welcome back to the Yellow Box Podcast. This week, we are joined by community pastor Ian Simpkins as we continue our series, More. For more information, please visit us at www.communitychristian.org. And remember, you can always find us on Sundays at the Yellow Box at 9.30 a.m., 11.15 a.m., and 5 p.m. And now also on Monday nights at 6.30 p.m. We hope to see you there. Uh, good morning, community. How are you feeling this morning? Yeah, I literally somebody skipped in this morning. It was amazing. So I propose we all skip on our way out just to uh, in solidarity. Uh, my name is Ian, and uh, man, I'm just I'm so happy to be with you guys this morning. I thought um, why don't I just open in a word of prayer, and uh, then we'll dive right in the week too. Let's pray together. God, uh, thank you for today, for the gift of community, of family, of a space to gather and sing. Uh, I pray God that whatever is distracting us, whatever is weighing us down right now, uh, God, that you would speak through all of that. You cut through the noise. And change our hearts. We thank you, God. We love you. We pray all these things in the beautiful name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Uh, a few years ago, a few, it was 12 years ago, I was uh, traveling in India and I spent a couple days in this really, really remote region, but they had this, uh, this well known bazaar where people were selling all sorts of different things. And so I'm, I'm wandering through this bazaar as like a clearly confused white person. And, um, and all these people are like trying to get me to come into their shops and they're like, buy this, buy that. And uh, I stumbled upon uh, a music store. And so there's all these like, you know, there's instruments that I recognize, but there's all sorts of other instruments that I didn't recognize. It was really, it was fascinating. And this guy was like trying to lure me deeper and deeper into the store. And he's showing me all these instruments. And he goes, do you play guitar? And I said, well, I'm a drummer that thinks he plays guitar, kinda. Um, He's like, oh, I have the perfect guitar for you. And then he shows me this guitar. Ooh, right? Okay. Who... Some of you in the back are just realizing what's going on. Um, who notices what's maybe not correct about this guitar? Yeah, it's that little V right there. And I was like, I've heard of Gibson. I don't know what Gibson is. He's like, no, Gibson, world Cla- Eric Clapton. I was like, I don't think Eric Clapton played a Gibson <laughs> guitar. Now, uh, I didn't buy that guitar, but we all know what it's like, though, right, to, to maybe accidentally or intentionally purchase something that's counterfeit. I, I mean, I, I can't tell you how many times when I was a kid, Oakley glasses were like the sunglasses of our era. And the amount of times I bought Orkleys from the gas station, <laughs> they were four ninety nine. What What could go wrong? And they broke in roughly 48 hours. Um, and that's kind of what this series is about. This series more is about how, how do we get more life, more love, more hope, and not settle for these cheap substitutes, these cheap counterfeits, these things that I think a lot of us deep down know can't actually deliver. They don't actually bring the hope, joy, life, love, and meaning that they often whisper and promise to us they will. And so today, we're talking about more joy. How do we get more Joy, And in fact, Jesus himself speaks to this. In John chapter 15, he says this. He says, I've told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be, what's the word? Complete, satisfying, whole, entire. He, he's describing a kind of joy that isn't fleeting. He's, he's saying there is a way to get lasting joy that will sustain you way beyond the momentary high of whatever you've been chasing. So what is it? 
How do we get there? What, what is that way to this joy? Well, to, to understand that, I want to I set a little context. Uh, at this point in Jesus' ministry, he's been ministering for about three years. So he's, he's not only been teaching, although that's an important component, he's, he's healing people. He's sharing meals with people. He's proclaiming good news. He's saying the kingdom of God is at hand. He's saying things that people had never heard before, and it's changing the landscape of his region. And so his disciples have been traveling with him, and they're seeing him do all these incredible things. And then then it kind of starts to dawn on them that Jesus isn't going to be with them forever. They've watched him do unbelievable things. But then they begin to realize this, this isn't going to last forever. He's not always going to be with us. And they start to freak out a little bit. They start to ask, how, how are we going to accomplish these things once he's gone? How are we going to keep this thing going once he leaves? And so Jesus, seeing the anxiety, the fear in their eyes, he says this in John 15, verse 4, just a few verses earlier. He says, remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Okay, so those of you playing along at home, what's the, what's the word that he repeats over and over again in that passage? Anyone, any guesses? Yeah, just shout it out loud together. One, two, three. Remain, yeah, look at, look at how many times it shows up. Remain, 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 remain. He, he's saying to them a couple of really important things, but first and foremost, he's saying that's key. The key is that, that we not just simply spend time together, that we're acquainted with one another, but that you remain in me. Your Bible may read abide. That word simply means just to spend time with, to, to rest in, to hang out with. To remain in me. And it goes on in verse 5 here. It says, I'm the vine, you're the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do, what's the word? Nothing. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you're like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Now, there's some imagery here that's easy to miss because the disciples would have understood this vine language to be the nation of Israel. In fact, multiple times in the Old Testament, the nation of Israel is depicted as the vine. And so these disciples, they would have been very familiar with vine language, except the conclusion would be that the vine is Israel, the people of God. And so what is Jesus doing here? It's actually very provocative and it's very easy to miss. He's saying, you're thinking that the vine is this people group. This particular geography. What I'm telling you is that I am the vine. It's, it's, not, a part, it's not about being a part of this particular tribe or living in this particular region. He's saying, I, I'm the vine from which all life and goodness and grace and mercy and beautiful beauty flows from. That, that's what he's saying here. He's claiming that he is the vine. Now, a, a lot of people tend to get uh, hung up on that fire language and I'm not going to spend too much time on it, but I, I just want to say this. I, I think what he's speaking of there 
is that apart from the vine, those, van- those branches don't do much of anything. They, they can't bear fruit. They eventually wither and die. But what he's saying is life apart from me doesn't ultimately go anywhere. Maybe you're here this morning and you know that to be true personally. Yeah, you, I mean, you could live your nine to five and your 80, 85 years on planet Earth, but, but it, it isn't actually, it's not pointing toward anything. You maybe have done some good things, but what he's saying is a, a branch that's not attached to the vine, uh, it eventually it just withers. Eventually it just dies. It cannot bear fruit. And notice again how many times the word remain shows up here. Remain, 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 remain. It's 10 times in 11 verses. And you don't need to be a Bible scholar to put this one together. Anytime Jesus says a certain word 10 times in 11 verses, we should, we should all perk up a little bit. We, we should all pay attention to this. This is Jesus' way of saying, listen to what I'm telling you. This is the key. The key to this complete joy is to remain in me. Now, notice what else it says, though. It says that uh, the branch that's attached to the vine will bear much fruit. Not grow much fruit, but bear much fruit. Now, that's a big difference, right? Some of you are here and you're exhausted because you're burning the candle at both ends because you're convinced the weight of the universe rests on your shoulders. And I wonder if Jesus isn't saying to us, man, you need to learn to remain in me and stop trying to grow fruit and instead just bear it. That a close relationship with God results in fruit being born. In fact, Jesus is often modeling this. Jesus himself throughout the gospels He's often retreating. There's all sorts of activity. There's all sorts of things going on. And over and over and over again, we see Jesus not like putting in more overtime, right? Not like pulling multiple all-nighters. We often see him retreating. He's stepping back to what? To remain in God. To simply be present with him. To pray and to meditate. For, for a lot of us, we've been going so hard, and many of us in the name of Jesus, and I, and I don't know how else to say this, but this, activity is a terrible trade-off for intimacy. God never intended for us to do for him without also doing with him. And what he's saying is it's not about growing fruit, it's about bearing fruit. When we make the first thing first, which he's saying is remaining in him, fruit will happen. But a lot of us, I think, if, if we're honest, we, we just feel like we're just going from thing to thing to thing and then just sleeping whenever our body will let us. Maybe, maybe you feel a little bit like this. This is a video of my son, and uh, there he is. <laughs> so I thought that was so adorable, so I, I like walked over to him, and he's just passed out in what's supposed to be this, this jumping machine, right? And he's, he's mouthing something. I think he's dreaming of eating, and uh, that's my boy. And, uh, oh no, so he starts to stir, and what's he start doing? <laughs> he just starts jumping again, and then wait for it in three, two, one. We're back to sleep again. 
Does anyone feel a little bit like that in your life, right? You're going and going and going and going, and then the first chance you get, your body's like, we're done. And then the moment you wake up, you're like, I guess I have to be going and going and going again. Jesus is saying the most important part of who you are and how I made you to live is not to be an always-on machine. You're a human being, not a human doing. And he's saying, we often miss this. And activity is a terrible replacement for intimacy with the one who created us and the one who loves us. He says, remain in me. Remain in me and you'll bear much fruit. You'll bear much fruit. But what I think a lot of us are doing though is we have a tree and we have a basket of oranges and we have some duct tape. We've been duct taping oranges to this tree, right? Stepping back saying, look at all the fruit I'm bearing. Look at all the stuff I'm doing. Jesus is saying, what what, what would it change if you first simply remained in me? Now he also says, uh, right, ask whatever you want in my name. And I've, I've heard a lot of bad sermons on this particular verse that kind of make Jesus at the end of the story like a genie in a bottle, Right? That as long as you're tithing and as long as you're attending, God's like obligated to give you whatever you want. That's not at all what he's saying here. What I do believe he's saying though is that when we remain in Jesus, when we abide in Jesus, when we stay connected to the vine, I'm, I'm telling you, it will change you. It will change you. Not overnight, not necessarily next week, But I can tell you, as someone who still remembers like the punk that I was when I was 16, there's stuff that like my heart desires to do today that 16-year-old me would never believe to be true. That when we remain, it's not just so that we get rest. It's not just so we can kind of like catch a breather to keep living life the way that we've always lived it. He's saying, man, when you remain in me, your will and your heart will become so aligned with mine that you begin asking for the kinds of things that bring life and hope into the world in the first place. These things are a byproduct of intimacy with our creator. He's not a genie in a bottle, but he's saying when you remain in me, you'll change. You'll change from the inside out. Now he goes on in verse nine. He says, as the father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my father's commands and remained in his love. Okay, this one's easy to miss because it just, it just sounds churchy, right? It just sounds like sometimes biblical language that's hard to wrap our brains around. Here's what I, I really want you to get. He's saying the same love that the father has for the son, he has for each of us. In the, in the Trinity, there's this constant sort of cycle of self, like self-sacrifice and love and grace and mercy. Jesus is saying that same love that the Father has for the, has for the Son, he has for each of us. It's not a second-class citizen kind of love. It's not a lower-class kind of love. He's saying the exact same kind of love that God the Father has for God the Son is the way he looks at each of us. And I know that there are people in this room that you've maybe never actually heard that said. You've never heard that to be true. You still are buying into the lie that God is like somehow, like he's mad at you or he's like upset that you're still dealing with that particular sin or he's like waiting for you to get your life together. The same love that the father has for the son, he has for you. That's what Jesus is saying. And he's like, remain in me, obey my command, live as I live. 
And here's the kicker. You don't do it so that you're loved. He's saying you're already loved. You're already fully and completely loved. And in light of that then, live as if that's true. It's, it's not that we do this dance to try to appease God, to get him to pay attention to us. He's saying the same love that the Father has for the Son he has for us. And so why, why is Jesus telling them all this? Everything we just read. Why, why is he telling him all of this? He tells them why in the very next verse. It's the verse we started with. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. He's saying, I don't want you to have just a surface kind of love, a superficial kind of love, a counterfeit kind of love. His desire for us as someone who loves us way beyond what we even can understand or imagine is is not like just a, a tasting of joy, but deep abiding, full, complete, lasting joy. And the secret, he says, starts first with remaining in him. Now, be honest, this idea of remaining is tough for us, right? Like who this morning has already checked your phone five times or more? Just quick show of hands. All right, security, get them. Um, I'm just kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> Like we are constantly being bombarded by noise and messages and distractions. And, and I'm, I'm just as guilty of this. I'm just as guilty of like constantly refreshing, hoping that there's another notification, hoping that there's something. It's very hard to simply remain because everything in our life tells us to do otherwise. It reminds me of this photo of an 82-year-old woman named Ethel Bainbridge. And this woman is my hero. Doesn't that just speak volumes? This is a parade in Connecticut. And all the people around her are doing what most of us would do, right? We're so, I gotta record this video that I'll never watch ever again so I can post it on Facebook so people can pretend to watch it. And look, I I hope you can see it from where you're at. Just look at the expression on her face. I don't know about you, but that looks like joy. That, that looks like sustaining, lasting joy. She's present. She's remaining in whatever is happening around her. And I think that's such a beautiful glimpse of what God invites us to. It makes me think of, um, it makes me think of tea. Anyone in the room tea drinkers? Where are my tea drinkers at? Well, you're wrong. We'll pray for you. But um, <laughs> I'm getting so much better than coffee. Um, and I really think that in the world, there are two kinds of tea drinkers. There are dippers and there are remainers. You know what I'm talking about? The first are dippers. Who thinks they might be a dipper? Yeah, we've seen you. It's exhausting, right? You're at like a really hip coffee shop and you get your, you know, your hot water and you get the tea and it's, this is what dippers do, right? We've all seen it. It's down, up, down, up, down, down, swirl, 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 up, 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 down, up, down, up, then... You get the spoon and you like wrap it with the string and you squeeze the remaining juice out of it. What are you doing? (laughs) So exhausting. (laughs) I'm going to get so many emails for this one. Um, Do you know what a remainer does? Boop. 
Oh, tea. (laughs) I think that the invitation of Jesus is so scandalous and so countercultural, so counterintuitive that we actually convince ourselves, I don't have time to remain in him. I got work to do. Right? I remember years ago teaching about this idea about remaining and about Jesus retreating to simply be in the presence of his father. And this guy came up to me after the service and he said, it's nice that Jesus had that kind of free time, but I got stuff to do. (laughs) And I said, bro, (laughs) if you're at a point in your life you think your work is more important than the work of Jesus, you may need to reconsider some things. (laughs) Jesus, of all people, who should have been the one burning it at both ends, never sleeping, never spending time with their family, never simply pausing to watch a sunset, to blow bubbles with your kids, to just simply be without your phone, without a TV, without a laptop. Of all the people, he should have, right? And yet he shows us, he models for us what it looks like to simply remain. He's not inviting us to something that he himself doesn't model. He's saying, man, If you want true joy, lasting joy, sustaining joy, it's not going to be found in that next salary bracket. It's not going to be found in whatever car you're telling yourself will make you happy. It's not going to be found in a bigger house and a wider social network and more likes. And many of you already know this to be true. Hey, it satisfies for a moment, right? It really does. It delivers for a moment. That rush of dopamine to the brain for a moment. But it doesn't sustain. And Jesus is saying, if if you want lasting joy, the joy that will last through the momentary high, you need to remain. So I want to offer two challenges as we as we kind of wrap up here. The first is a personal challenge and the second is a, uh, an interpersonal challenge. We, we talk about something here called the three C's a lot. And um, three C's, celebrate, connect, contribute. And the first is celebrate, which is about like our relationship with God. It's about how we actually live that out. And so here's the personal celebration. The personal celebration is you and God carving out specific time to just simply be, to be present and I, and I don't know what this looks like for you. Some of you are naturally early risers. Some of you, you prefer to, you know, it's a lunch break thing. It's before you go to bed. Whatever it is, I, I want to challenge all of us to every single day take 10 minutes. 10 minutes just to simply remain. Whatever that looks like for you. And a, and a really great resource that we provide every single day is our, uh, our Big Idea Bible Reading Plan. You can go to this website right here, and every single day we'll send you a scripture about the big idea that we talked about right here in this room, and it's sent right to your inbox at like three in the morning. Very few of you are up by then. Sent right to your inbox, and I would challenge you to spend five minutes reading it and then just five minutes reflecting on it. Like sign up, have it sent to your inbox, and just simply Remain. Simply be present in whatever it is that God's speaking to you, whatever it is he's sharing with you, whatever it is he wants to challenge you in. On average in the United States, most adults spend a minimum of three hours per day on their smartphone. 
we have 10 minutes. We have 10 minutes. A lot of us may be even saying that I got, I got room for God in my heart, but not necessarily in my schedule. Maybe it's time for us to draw a hard line and say, okay, what does it look like to remain? This, the second challenge is interpersonal, and it's going to be interpersonal celebration. Interpersonal celebration. This means making this a priority. In fact, if you're, if you're here right now, would you fist bump the person near you? Just fist bump them. Really, go, way to go. You did it. You're doing it right now. You're here. Yeah, fist, high five if you want to. That's fine. You're doing it. Congratulations. You check that box. But to make it a priority to together, to celebrate together. It's important that we actually gather consistently together to do just that. In fact, a few years ago, um, some researchers in London were trying to decipher how long it actually takes to form a habit. And they found uh, the average was about eight weeks, about two months. And so that's, that's my challenge to you from now until Thanksgiving. Would, would you commit to make it a priority to be here to celebrate? Because, because here's the key, and I'll be really honest with you. <laughs> there are times I don't feel like getting out of bed. There are times that I don't feel like even being here. It's, am I allowed to say that as a pastor? It's true. <laughs> it's true. But what I've found is that sometimes being here has way less to do with what I need and way more to do with what someone else needs. I believe that if we commit to this, if we make this a priority, we will find that sometimes we will be the blessing to someone else that someone else deeply needed. We were not made to do this thing alone. We were not made to live in isolation. We were meant to celebrate together. It's not just... Me and God, it's not just you and God, it's us and God. And can I just say, just as, as your pastor, maybe, maybe part of that commitment is like getting here and getting here two minutes early. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you, that could be a game changer. Get here two minutes early, pray a five-second prayer. God, would you speak to me? Get to know the names of the people around you. So often, people will walk in a half hour late with three coffees in their hand. They're like, I didn't really get anything out of the service today. <laughs> what, what, what if we committed to just simply be present together, to make being together a priority, to celebrate together, to be there for one another? I, I think that would change everything. I think we all struggle. We all, at some level, think that there's got to be more. But when Jesus says in John chapter 15, 11, I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My, my guess is that there's probably a number of us in this room that we feel anything but complete right now. Maybe the word that you would describe is unfinished or unraveling. Do you know that there's a God in heaven that sees you fully and completely? He's not unconcerned with whatever your needs are. But what he is saying is what you need more than anything is me. What you need more than anything in this world is closeness with me. And it starts by remaining. It starts by being present. Before my, uh, my great-grandma passed, 
Um, she was 100 years old, by the way. When she turned 90, she wanted to go skydiving for her birthday. But she just broken her hip, and the doctor said, uh-uh, no. That's... And when I was just a punk kid, I remember my, my faith, didn't, it didn't really matter to me, and I was struggling to, like, stay awake during prayer. And, you know, I remember asking her at 98, how do you, how do, you do it? How, how, I mean, I, I'm 13. I can't even stay awake. How do you pray? I'll, I'll never forget what she told me. She said, well, I pray alphabetically. I was like, well, I don't, I don't know what that means. I don't, I don't get it. She goes, every night and every morning, I start with the alphabet. I start with A, and I thank God for air. And then I move to B, and I thank God for the birds that sing out my window. And I move to C, and I thank God for the children that he's brought into my life. And every day, when I first wake up and before I go to bed, I run through the alphabet about three or four times. And that's how I do it. Even at 13, I was like, I was blown away. And I think about her a lot and what it would look like maybe in our lives to learn to remain in that kind of way, to see all of life as a gift, to start and end each day with God saying, I'm I haven't had everything figured out. I still have a lot of questions. There's still some real hurt. But help me, help me to remain in you. Let's pray. God, thank you for loving us with that kind of love and for pursuing us over and over again when we wander, when we get lost, when we get distracted. God, thank you that you are present in this space right now. So whatever thing, God, maybe is keeping us from remaining in you, Would you bring that to our minds? Would you help us to see it for what it is? Would you help for us to overcome it? Whatever lie we're believing, whatever things weighing in on us, help us to see you, God, as the thing we need more than anything. Help us to remain. We pray all these things in the healing name of Jesus. Amen.